0: 75% of people think real estate agents aren't very trustworthy. The only way to change that perception is to change the reality. If you're looking for a career where integrity matters and you can guide others through tough, high-stakes decisions, come join us at Story Real Estate and help drive that 75% down to zero. I'm Chris, the owner and founder, let's see if we have a career you'll love.
1: Hey y'all! Welcome to Cross Politics. I don't want you getting used to Knox being not here. Yeah, although I, I'm trying to get used to it. That was a really smooth open. You like that? Like the music and, yeah, and you right everything. into it. I know. So uh, our our most recent magazine, uh, based only business. To, I need to get a copy. The War for Economic Independence. I have it. Uh, you just got to stop by the downstairs office. That's so far away. This is Toby's. What well, uh, uh, you know? A line from Toby's article: An econ an economy is literally the law of the house. Uh, the word economy comes from the, the two Greek words, oikos and uh, nomos. Okay. Therefore, you don't like how I just pronounced that? Nomos, uh, you want nomos? I'm, I'm just saying,
2: you're reading it like in like really, I don't
1: know, kind of awkward way. People are paying attention right now, though. They're, they're <laughs> brought in. Like, they are so. <laughs> Like that first line was so gripping and how I read it they're just like, really are
2: like what is he going to say what is he going to
1: say <laughs> therefore base business begins in the home and specifically it begins with marriage it begins with a man swearing to provide for a woman until he dies and the woman swearing to help that man until she dies. Business is centrally like th- th- this is why this magazine is so important. Yeah, it, it centrally comes from the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we've come to believe that man, big business is 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 the foundation for business when it's actually starts in the home and flows out from there, right? right. And it can grow into something really big, yeah, and yeah. I mean, with yeah. God's blessing on it. And I mean, right. there, there can be mass and more families are, are yeah. joining yeah. to work for it and yeah. everything. So, um, uh, make Just, sure you subscribe to the magazine, actually, all for club members. All the magazines are going to be an audio format in the app. So, so they can actually win. pull up. Um, actually, we already got. Do we got some in the app right now, Carter? Some of the magazines? Okay, not yet. But we're recording them. <laughs> we're literally like, recording them right now. Um, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope we get Carter's voice on at G- least one of the magazines. Gabe
2: always advertises things. It's like he believes. He believes. I'm a believer. He, he lives by faith. I'm a believer. You know, just imagine a, a, a country full of Elon Musk's who are faithful Christians. Yeah, right right like thinking big, big building big thinking big building big. i mean that, yeah. that that's big business yeah. but it, but you know that but, but centered on faithfulness to your wife right. and your kids and your grandkids yeah. um, that could have massive uh, uh impact on the culture that's right in genesis speaking of uh culture shaping and taking dominion gold hallelujah <laughs> genesis chapter 2 Verses 10 through 12, God tells of the gold in the land of Havilah. Hallelujah. And that the gold of that land is good. Ever Mm -hmm. since the dawn of our father's world, gold has been universally recognized as true money and therefore the most reliable store of savings. Cross Politics corporate partner Alps Precious Metals enables their clients to protect their God given, hard earned wealth from the serious financial problems that are upon us. Alps provides the Cross Politics family with the best strategies and solutions for investing in physical precious metals. As a result, you can enjoy a peace of mind that can be had with few other mm. investments. So call James Hunter of Alps Investments, yeah. Alps Precious Metal Groups, that is. Two five one three seven seven two one nine seven.
1: We're doing that live. That's what it said. So two we're doing five that live.
2: one. I just read what it says. Two five one three seven seven two one nine seven. That's James Hunter at Alps uh, Precious Metals Group. Or visit the website at Alps PMG. dot com.
1: We uh we did a uh, couple show. of webinars with him and yeah. a show yeah. with him. So you can check out the show, but we also did a couple of webinars just for people who are interested in talking more about gold and investment. It it was I should have recorded it on Zoom, but it's just kind of a you know um but but they're well attended webinars. I didn't record them on Zoom, I should. But we might do a couple more coming up. So it, you're
2: telling us about something that nobody can actually
1: access. It's my it's my magazine sales pitch again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. same, same concept.
2: Great. If you could get into Gabe's brain, then you would remember an amazing <laughs> you, you win. You freaking win. <laughs> and then you can help my wife. Yeah, right. Oh man. Ooh, yeah. Uh Darren Stid. Uh, is with us today. He's been active in pastoral ministry for 20 years. Uh, He he told us just a few minutes ago as we got on the line that he started when he's five and now he's 25.
1: So we called him a youthful pastor. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. He's currently the assistant director of uh, the assistant national director of Operation Save America. He and his wife, Katrina, um, have nine kids whom they joyfully homeschool. Darren, thanks thanks for joining us on Cross Politic.
0: Amen, amen. I thought that baptized thing was going to come up. They're not baptized. I'm a, I'm a Baptist, but, well, some of them are baptized. The ones that believe are baptized.
2: Hallelujah. Okay. All Way right. to go, man. We'll, we'll, we'll We're with you. you. We're we'll, with we'll, you. We'll work with you. We're post-mill. <laughs> uh, amen, amen. So, Darren, um, we just had this atrocity go down in Ohio um, a week ago or so um, where this constitutional amendment yeah. uh, was passed, enshrining so-called uh, the the right to, to murder um, yep. unborn babies um, in Ohio constitution. Um, how, how did a, uh, you know, a blue collar state, a, a like sort of, you know, down to earth, um, you know, um, Americana
1: yeah, state. That's
2: right. um, uh, uh, how did a state like that um, enshrine the right to murder unborn children in their constitution? How do we get there?
0: Yeah, it's a really weird thing because if you if you look at the numbers, <clears throat> so I spent some time doing this. We, we went to Ohio. We had boots on the ground there. Uh, we had a team of about 100 people distributing uh, literature days before the election. And um, as we were on the ground there, we were having conversations with various different people. And one of the things that we discovered is that the pro-aborts were well-catechized in their view. Mm. they knew their arguments they knew what they believed they knew what they were pushing for they were very clear on what they were trying to accomplish the pro-lifers on the other hand were confused they did not know what they were trying to accomplish they were almost a lot of them were almost sort of apologetic for being pro-life they were sort of very soft in the way that they were trying to step and um the, the reason for this is because that aligns with the pro-life rhetoric there in Ohio. The pro-life coalition or the coalition of pro-life groups had this sort of mealy mouth, mushy rhetoric. Um, it didn't focus on pre-born children. Hardly at all. It wasn't about how abortion is the slaughter of an innocent child or any of that sort of thing. A lot of the rhetoric focused around, you know, abortion is bad for women. Abortion is bad for parental rights. Abortion is economically bad or or even worse. It would be things like, you know, vote. You know, Ohio already has very. Um, you know, sort of very reasonable abortion laws in place. And so, you know, in Ohio in Ohio before this passed, you could kill a baby up to 24 weeks. And so they would talk about the very reasonable bans that were already in place as though that was a good thing. And so we were, as we went in there, we were having conversations with people and the pro-life side was very confused. The rhetoric that was used did not mobilize the base. And the reason that didn't mobilize the base is because it wasn't actually even targeted to the base. It's this classic... Um, sort of conservative loser strategy that always wants to market to the left and always wants to market basically what the pro-life movement tried to do what the what the leaders of the pro-life establishment tried to do in ohio is they tried to out feminist the left ah. and um you know they wanted to make it about give me you know, an example women's of rights and, yeah
1: what do you what do you mean so, out feminist the left
0: yeah so like you see um you know one of the groups that was involved for example had a tweet that talked about how abortion is a tool of the patriarchy you know and so it was it's that sort of a rhetoric you know um you know abortion is bad for women you know and so there was a whole lot of tweeting and discussing about how you know the reason that we need to the reason that we need to um we need to not pass this resolution in ohio it, it's not about the baby it's about the woman abortion is bad for women yeah um and Wait, so, so
1: so to clarify abortions bad um abortions for the patriarchy um is that was coming from ohio's pro-life movement saying that the the excuse me i, I messed up but the patriarchy wants abortion because it supports the patriarchy. Is that what is that what the pro-life movement was kind of arguing?
0: Yeah, the pro-life. And you've seen this in the broader pro-life movement, as, actually, as of late as well, where, like, um, the leader of Students for Life has had some tweets come out even recently where she talks about how abortion is a tool of the patriarchy. It, it, and the idea is that men are these, you know— powerful, terrible human beings, and abortion is a tool that the patriarchy can use to continue to control and exert authority and dominance uh, over women. And so it's a very sort of feminist, it, it takes the feminist talking points, yeah. tailors them to the issue of abortion, and then repeats them with regard to that. And so they're, they're essentially what they're trying to do is market to the left, we, we, we need to win. Uh, we need to we, we can't just we can't just um, message to the right. We can't just mobilize our base. We got to we got to win by making our message palatable and agreeable to this sort of Marxist, neo-Marxist, feminist, woke agenda. And so that's a lot of what you saw in Ohio um, in the messaging. And so the people were confused. I had a conversation with a guy. Um, I was in a Walmart parking lot distributing literature. And um, he came out and I handed him our piece of literature, which is a very broadly pro-life message on it. It just said, you know, all life is worthy of protection. You know, and on the back, it had a a little baby on it. And on the back, it just said, you know, vote no on uh, resolution or or question one. (laughs) And so him and I are having a conversation. I hand him the piece of lit. He's a very nice, polite man. And he tells me he's pro-life. He says, you know, I've been pro-life my whole life. I've always voted pro-life. I'm a Republican. But he says, you know, I'm actually reconsidering this time around. And I said, oh, really? Why is that? And he said, because some of the because I've been watching the conversation happening back and forth between the abortion industry and the pro-life movement. And what I'm noticing on the pro-life movement is I'm noticing both of them. The conversation is all about the woman. And I'm noticing on the pro-life movement that their main message is that abortion is bad because it's bad for women. My whole life I've believed that abortion is bad because it's wrong to kill the baby. But now I'm starting to think maybe the issue is more about the woman. And if the, if it is the case that abortion is bad just because it's bad for women, well then who are we to tell women that they can't do that with their body? Yeah. If they want to, if it's about them and not about the baby wow. and they want to have an abortion then. And so his mind was actually being changed literally by the rhetoric of the pro-life movement, because they were messaging so hard to the left. It was mind boggling. Wow. Wow.
1: One thing um, I think I I saw this on Twitter, but I never verified it. It looked like to me that the Republican party still at the legislative level, um, uh, you know, when you craft these voting um, situations, when you craft the, the language that goes into the ballot, uh, it comes from the legislators. They have to approve the language. And it looks like: did the Republicans slip in the language of uh, unborn baby into or unborn child into the uh, ballot language?
0: So the the thing in Ohio is that the legislator doesn't have to be involved in these resolutions at all. It's the only state I know of that's like that. So I don't know, actually, to be honest with you, I don't know where the actual language of the resolution comes from. But the resolution itself did say baby, unborn baby. It says it three different times. So the people of Ohio voted to allow it doesn't say fetus you know it doesn't say right. any of the normal sort of pro abort obfuscation by redefinition type of thing. Yeah. It was very straightforward. Yes. We're voting here for women to have the right to kill their preborn children in the womb.
1: Their unborn so child it was, but it said it said unborn uh, yeah. child.
0: Yes, right. Three times. That's it incredible. said unborn child. Yeah. To like vote for yeah. that.
1: Right. Right.
0: Right. Well, and the, here's the thing, too. I was going to mention this earlier, yeah. but um, when you look at the numbers – I started to go down this road a minute ago. When you look at the numbers in Ohio, the reality is there's no reason that we should have lost in Ohio. In Ohio – so Ohio is the state that passed the heartbeat bill. The The heartbeat bill passed three times through the legislature before it was finally signed into law by the governor. It passed twice under John Kasich, who vetoed it twice. Hmm. That means the Senate and the, the House – Right passed this bill it went to the governor's desk and he vetoed it two times. And then DeWine was elected. And when DeWine became governor, one of the first laws that he signed into law was the heartbeat bill. And so the now after that happened, that was in, I think that was in 2019. After that happened, the next election was in 2022. So the Republican House and Senate passed the heartbeat bill, which is a, a problematic bill from my standpoint, but it does provide a good measuring stick for where the where the people are with regard to abortion in the state of Ohio. Right. Two times, the legis- three times the legislator passes this bill through. Finally, it's signed into law by a Republican governor in the next election, which is in 2022, just a year ago in that election, Governor DeWine won with more than 60 percent of the vote and the Republican party added seats in both the Senate and the house. And what that indicates, yes, yes. They added seats in both the Senate and the house. What that clearly indicates is that the pro-life message and the pro-life movement was winning in Ohio. It was a, it was a, it was, you know, at that time, the heartbeat bill was the most expansive pro-life law that had ever passed in any legislator. It was prior to the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the people in Ohio responded to that by voting more Republicans and by m- more people voting for the Republican governor. Wow. That's a big statement. So you really have to ask the question, how did we lose by almost 60% of the vote just a year later in 2023 on resolution one? That's and right. I think the answer to that question is the messaging was so bad. It was confusing to our base. And it we didn't, the, the messaging from the pro-life industry was so bad that it did not turn out our base it didn't turn out our voters they didn't show up to vote
2: um a friend of ours um maybe you know lizzie marbach remember mm-hmm. remember her um i think she was um she was involved in one of the pro-life organizations in ohio and got fired
1: when she was mm-hmm. involved in, she got fired as a in, being involved in the republican party oh that was okay. right and, um
0: i thought it was a pro no, she got fired she got fired from ohio right to life as well yes, oh, yes. Uh, as
2: well yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I think she was, I was okay. right to life organization because okay. because they, they wanted yeah. her. Remember they um, she she came on board there to help with their like um, P- PR like their yeah, messaging yeah, yeah, yeah that's right and and she told them yeah. on the front end like I'm you know I'm 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 an I'm, abolitionist I, I and, want yeah. I want abortion to end I'm yeah. not gonna mince words I'm gonna tell the straight truth this is the murder of of innocent children and and over the course of about a year or, or more I think um, basically they were like ah we need you to soften the language we need to soft you need to soften the language don't be so harsh and of course I think eventually she got into a controversy because. She tweeted, "There's no hope for any of us outside of having faith in Jesus Christ alone." That's and then one of the Republicans was like, ah, mat- that's, right. "That's right." That's um, But I remember um, that now. so, so Darren, um, if if uh, you know, let's say uh, Ohio rights a life, you know, Jesus got a hold of it, and 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 and, th- and there was this massive reformation and repentance in Ohio rights of life, and they said, "You know what? Let's get Darren Stid." <laughs> to run uh, a campaign. We're going to get another resolution on the yeah. ballot next year to outlaw abortion in Ohio, full stop, period. Um, and and you were, you know, the uh, PR director for Ohio Right to Life. Um, what would you do to win the campaign yeah. next next time?
0: Well, I, first I would question the wisdom of somebody that would make that kind of a move. But, but that aside, <laughs> you know, uh, that aside, a couple of things I would say is uh, number one, this is not the sort of an issue that should be determined by ballot referendum. Um, we do not live in a democratic society. We live in a constitutional republic. Yep. what that means is that people have certain rights and liberties that are given to them by God. And we do not have right by virtue of the democratic process to overturn those rights and liberties. Right. So the people of Ohio behaved tyrannically when they made this election, when they made this, by even allowing this to go on the ballot was a tyrannical move. The vote was a tyrannical move. And oftentimes when we think of tyranny, we think of the civil government government being tyrannical. But the people can be tyrannical as well. When the people vote to revoke God-given rights from individuals, they are behaving tyrannically. And that's what happened in Ohio. And so what I would say is, let's set aside the ballot referendum thing. This thing needs to be fought through the legislative process. We need to fight to elect legislators that believe, not just legislators that are willing to say, I'm pro-life, you know, and I'll vote for whatever pro-life thing comes up. We need to vote for legislators that are men of character and men of integrity mm. that believe genuinely believe that life begins at the moment of fertilization and are willing to fight for legislation that establishes equal protection for preborn children at the moment of fertilization. And so I have a, a article that's getting ready to come out in the Republic Sentinel about this and the the concept behind the article is when the Supreme Court handed down Roe versus Wade we were saying what, what we need to do is we need to defy tyrants. The court is being tyrannical. It's a lawless decree. The states need to defy the tyranny of the court, and they need to establish just laws with regard to the pre-born. The same thing needs to happen in Ohio with regard to this election. We need to defy tyrants. Mm-hmm. The civil magistrates in Ohio need to tell the people, you do not have the right, by virtue of the democratic process— to revoke the rights of these babies and instead what we need to do is establish justice on behalf of these pre-born children right. so if i were running it that would be the direction i would take the campaign so i mean just
2: think about this i mean most people understand this with regard to um something like you know chattel slavery yeah i right. mean yeah. like i mean even if even if a state you know voted to enslave some portion of their um yeah. uh their population the governor would be like nah. No, pure purely no. based on you know like you know whatever all redheads yeah all you
1: know, all red. Oh, you know, come on, all, man! All, all gingers. <laughs> yeah,
2: all gingers. All, all gingers, <laughs> all gingers are, are hereby. You know, your your rights are. are Re- report
1: to Gabriel right now. <laughs>
2: that's right. <laughs> You're a ginger too. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> yeah. The um, but if that's you, rough, man. If we did this, I mean, if some if some state voted to do that, everybody realizes like you can't do that. That's unjust. Yeah. Like it is. It, there's a yeah. there's Biden a, would be all over it. There's a there's even Biden. Even Biden. Yeah. Even Biden. yeah. All uh, right, but it, uh, stop, you're distracting me. I was <laughs> sorry, trying sorry. to say something. But that's <laughs> a good <laughs> comment, though. Uh, the, um, but the, even, you know, you understand that, like, because there are certain transcendent laws, um, there are certain things that are inherently unjust, and it doesn't matter if everybody voted for them. Yeah, I mean, You know, if, that's right. if you're in Germany and everybody votes, yeah, let's gas the Jews. Yeah. Like, that. Yeah. that doesn't, just because it was 51%, or even if it was 79% or 99% that voted for it, it's right. still wrong, it's still tyranny, and a righteous judge says go pound sand right now a righteous yeah. judge says i answer to god alone and the legislature says well, we answer to god alone and we're not gonna we're right. not gonna do your injustice right. um we understand yeah. this in other respects and it's um but of course i uh, know there's there's a you know there's a reason we refuse to see it yeah. uh when it yeah. comes to the murder of unborn babies
1: well and it's, and it's important like when something like this happens like you You know, the godly leaders should immediately respond. Yes. You you don't wait two weeks. You don't wait two years because then you got bigger problems on your hand now. Yeah. And and so that's why, you you know, the church needs to be thinking through this so they know how to respond instantly with something, uh, you know, some major atrocity happens like this. So they can immediately deal with the problem on the front end and not wait two years to all of a sudden step up.
2: I want to, I want to, Darren, I also want to ask you about just the catechizing. You mentioned, um, earlier that the, the left, you know, the pro aborts, they had been well catechized. They were confident, they were clear and they knew the answers to the questions. The pro lifers were timid, uncertain, and didn't know what they thought. Um, so it seems to me like that's another place here. I mean, obviously you're right in terms of the legislative move, um, we ought to just be very plain. You don't get to legislate, um, injustice, um, just because you happen to be in the majority. That's clear. But we, but we also have a discipleship problem on our hands, don't we?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is the reality is that the pro abortion industry, right? The Planned Parenthood and so forth, they do very well at catechizing their people because they have conviction regarding what they believe, so they have slogans that are very easily, you know, my body, my choice. If you ever go to a pro, pro-abortion yeah. march, at some point they are going to chant, my body, my choice. They want to make the issue about the woman and her right to choose to have an abortion if she wants to. And so they, they're very good at that. They're very good at catechizing their people in that way. Conversely, the pro-life movement dies the death of a thousand nuances. Um, and when you do that, you, don't, you can't catechize people well you can't teach people the truth well because you're scared to death that you might say the thing that might offend the wrong person or whatever else the case may be right. and that's what we saw in ohio the 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 ohio pro life coalition died the death of a thousand nuances they were not willing to stand boldly upon the word of god and upon the truth that god is the truth that god has established in the earth that life begins at the moment of fertilization and that children are a blessing from the Lord. And so on. they run from that message. Yeah. And so, well, when you run from that message, what do you run to? And this is the, the deal with conservatism in general, as it exists in the West right now is we're constantly ceding ground. So, you know, 40 years ago, it was the pro abortion movement that was saying that abortion should be safe, legal and rare. Now it's the pro-life movement saying abortion should be safe. legal, Ugh, and rare. Ouch. You know, 40 years was ago, no it was the, yeah, right. right exactly. Right. You know, 40 years ago, it was, uh, it was the pro-abortion movement saying women ought to have the right to choose. This whole thing is about the woman. Now it's the pro-life movement saying this whole thing is about the woman. And um, the I had a conversation providentially, um, me and uh, Jason Storms, the National Director of Operation Save America, A.J. Hurley, a few other people, bumped into Al Muller from Southern, Southern yeah. Baptist Theological Seminary yeah. at a gas station in Indiana, just kind of providentially worked out. And um, one of the things he said that I thought was really – we had a great conversation with him. He was in agreement with regard to the problems with messaging in Ohio. But one of the things he said is he said, you know, in the 80s when we were fighting this battle, anytime the pro-aborts would lose, they had a statement that they would say. They would say the fetus beat us. And the the idea Hmm. there was the reality that when the pro-life movement makes the issue about the baby – And the rights and liberties of the baby and protecting life of the baby, the pro-life movement wins. If the pro-abort movement can make the issue about the women or rights or, uh, you know, economics or whatever else, Mm -hmm. they win. And the pro-life movement has abandoned this the the fundamental principle that what we're trying to do here is protect the life of little preborn children. Right. And so what we need to do is we need to begin to catechize the nation with regard to what God says about children, not just that we shouldn't murder them, but that they're a blessing from the Lord right, right. that, you know, when two people are intimate with one another, one of the byproducts of that is reproduction. That's a very natural. Natural thing. God designed for it to work that way, and so that's the catechizing that I'm talking about that we need to do on the pro-life side of things. You know, and if we do that, we're going to ultimately arrive at the conclusion that what we need to do with regard to abortion is not just regulate it, not treat it like healthcare, but we need to criminalize it. We need to make it a criminal act because it's murder. We need to treat it like murder, and so that's what I'm saying. The pro-life movement needs to be overtaken by strong, godly men who have their protective instincts intact, and who are prepared to say what God says about pre-born children and not prepared to back down from it, come what may. That's what needs to happen in the pro-life movement Amen. right now, from Amen. my Amen. perspective. That's really, Amen. really
2: good. I, I want to follow up on that, but first, let me yeah. re- read this ad. Sales Nexus is the platform Fight Laugh Feast uses to manage all of our subscribers and email updates. If you're using MailChimp, HubSpot or Salesforce for email marketing, CRM and sales, you probably know they've been canceling voices of freedom and truth. That's why we switched to Sales Nexus. Sales Nexus is a complete business marketing and sales solution that won't tell you what you should say or what you should believe. So for more information, visit salesnexus.com. That's salesnexus.com. Darren, um, at the end there, as you were wrapping all that up, I, um, th- that was the thing. Actually, you, you said it. We need men. We need men with their protective instincts intact who honor God's word above everything else. And I think um, right. you're you're right. Um, there's a broad spectrum in, in which we, we'd say, you know, when you uh, if you if you're all about protecting the women, women's rights, uh, whether you're full uh, bore feminist or just a um, soft Republican um, squish. Uh, want to be feminist um, we lose obviously emphasis on the life and the blessing and the preciousness of children um, is massive and important and central. But the thing that I think that pro lifers still have to get even even beyond that is recognizing fundamentally we 're talking about the sanctity of god 's word fundamentally we 're talking about the authority of God as the creator of heaven and earth. And so even it's, it's you know, there, there sometimes is the sanctity of human life um, uh, rhetoric. And I think there's, you know, obviously there's something to that. There's something true about that. But it's, human life is sacred and because God's word is sacred. Uh, human life yeah. is to be protected and defended um, from, uh, from natural uh, beginning to natural end because God is a holy God and we're to fear him yeah. and tremble him. And fundamentally, that's what we've got to get our heads around is like, you may not do this because God said. <laughs> you, you, yeah, yeah. you may not do this because God has spoken because God created the heavens and the earth. He sent his son, raised him from the dead. He is Lord. You may not. Amen. Um, and, Amen. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: But we've got a lot of work to do. Well, that's the uh, last question here kind of related to all this. Um, I, we've talked about, I brought this question up before about slavery and I know there was pastors uh, it, during slavery who were teaching biblical truths about um how to handle the situation in the institution, but the, I can't probably think of you know two, three i don't you know, I don't know that many pastors really spoke up. Where was the prophetic voice from pastors in eighteen fifty nine or eighteen fifty seven and then the same way, like i like in Ohio, where were like the prophetic voices from pastors encouraging um cheering their people on uh exhorting and teaching their people to get out and vote against this amendment? Um, you know, who was speaking up, what churches were organizing, you know?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, there was a time in this nation not that long ago where if a state was trying to pass a law that made it okay to murder pre-born children through the entire nine months of pregnancy, every pulpit or virtually every conservative pulpit in America would have arisen and opposed it, especially, certainly every conservative pulpit in that state. And um, we, you know, we have a lot of work to do. We always want to point out that the world and we could talk about the problems in the pro life movement and we should, but we have a lot of work to do in the church. Part of the reason the pro life movement is weak and pathetic and apathetic as it is right now is because pastors have abandoned leading the movement. And uh, quite frankly, a lot of pastors are not the kind of got- strong, godly men that I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. But there were some in Ohio, I will say. um, Pastor Michael Foster, for example, um, the author of It's Good to Be a Man, worked with our coalition. He mobilized his church. Um, he helped us organize a team in his area to get out and distribute literature coming up to the um, coming up to the vote. Pastor Michael Clary was another guy. Yeah. Um, I can't think of the name of the book that he wrote off the top of my head there's, right at the moment. There's but,
1: something on sexuality, and we're going to – he sent me a copy. Yeah. We're going to get him on.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a really good yeah. uh good brother and he mobilized his church. He lives right there in like the Cincinnati area. Yeah. He mobilized his church to get uh some folks out. And so there were some and so we're we're, th- we're thankful for those men. Those those godly men. Um but the reality is there weren't nearly enough. Um and so, you know, when the pulpits are silent regarding this type of an issue, you know, it's not just we talk about the messaging of the pro-life movement being weak and we should, but Pastors should be leading on this issue, and we had to talk about why the messaging of the pro-life movement is weak, and that's because we have ceded this issue to the pro-life industrial complex, and we need pastors to repent of their apathy and to take responsibility to rise up and oppose this type of evil. So
2: there were some, not enough. I, I mentioned this before on on the show you just started the music right like that Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to tell a, a little really really short story okay so, I turned it off you can play it if you want it's like background <laughs> is it good? music is it it like, good? Like, like kind of organ music maybe I don't, that's, I that's don't what, even know how to do that that's what Knox would do that's what Knox would do Knox <laughs> if you were here I'd have organ music
1: I'm too white to run this <laughs> keyboard oh man <laughs> I,
2: I've told this story before um, on the show but um, one of my early early memories uh, in Southern California at the OPC church that I attended there is of my past in an evening service on one Sunday um, giving a message about how he was planning to go to Atlanta, Georgia to participate in an operation rescue. Um, And he told us, I'm planning to go. I'm planning to peacefully block an abortion clinic and I assume I will be arrested. And as a little boy, it like just like pulled me over. Mm. I I thought my pastor is going to go and lay his life down for unborn babies. Wow. Um, and that has stuck with me ever since. Um, uh, uh, having the deepest, deepest respect uh, for that man, who's now with the Lord in glory. Um, Amen. But but Amen. I'll always be grateful for that memory of a faithful man in the '80s, um, um, taking—I mean—flying to Atlanta to participate in um, in in that protest um, because of his his commitment to biblical justice. Um, and we yeah. need uh, hundreds and thousands more pastors like dick yeah. kaufman yeah amen
1: darren amen. darren how can uh, people follow you uh, what's the best place to reach out to you uh
0: so uh you can follow me on twitter um it's um at pastor darren i believe yeah ask, at pastor darren you can follow me there uh operations save is our website also, I write at the Sentinel, the Republic Sentinel. You'll just have to Google it. I don't know the address, the web. I should have looked that up. Um, <laughs> but you can read some of the articles that I've published there. And um, feel free to message me on Twitter. Usually, usually I message back. I'm very famous, and so I get a lot of messages. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> message me. I'd be happy to talk to you. So, yeah, All right. Thank you guys for having me on. I thank was blessed to have the opportunity to be here with you. Uh, absolute, thank you, thank Darren.
1: You. Love you, brother. Appreciate your work. If you're single, get married. Love if you're married, have kids. If you have kids. Come on, Darren, Darren, come close on, your eyes. Do go, Don't go. Close it. your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> go baptize them oh, no. until next week. Tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross-Politic Without Knocks.
2: And you totally missed the music drop there.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it was my bad. My
2: name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996.
0: We were homeschooling our kids, and we were already thinking outside the world's box, if you will. And I saw a little tiny classified ad about this new kind of idea I'd never heard of before. My first reaction was, that's the kind of thing that we would do, isn't it? And
2: so I finally called the number, talked to them, and the more I asked them questions, the more I liked their answers.